G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Wednesday night, June 7th, 2023. We are doing the Wednesday night recordings for a little while as we get through some of those public holidays uh, going around at the moment. Obviously, the King's Birthday Clash uh, next week for your fantasy teams as well. And we've got some Thursday night games. So we're going to have that nice little wins- window on the Wednesday night across the buyers for at least the next couple of weeks. Keep an eye out for those ones. We've also got no fossil for a little bit, the Statesman. He's having a little bit of a well-earned break after a tough slog at work. But we are here again with a duo of two-time top 10 finishers in Kyle Holmes and John Harmy, as well as Louie, who returns. Let's start with you, Lou. How was your weekend, mate? On the fantasy front and also, what did you get up to? Oh, I didn't get up to much, mate. Actually, probably the first weekend in a couple of weeks where I managed to watch just about every single game, which was nice. Um in terms of fantasy, though, I scored the eighteen sixty nine. Uh, I'm not sure where that, uh, what that sort of did for my rank, but fifty five eighty eight. So I'm in, I'm in a bit of no man's land at the moment, hoping to jump up a couple of thousand ranks over the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, the buy, the buys can be pretty unpredictable, so we'll see how we go. Now we've got Holmesy on board as per usual. I think you yourself had a nice little public holiday over in Perth this Monday. You guys get the back to back, do you? No, mate. We don't get the the King's birthday. We get that at a, oh. at another time. So now I'll be at work on on Monday. So it'll be good. I won't be watching the scores tick over, which would be nice. But um, I had a a relatively good round for someone at my rank, nineteen oh one, which was was pretty positive, had some good trade-ins, had some not-so-good trade-ins, which we'll get to, but yeah, managed to to slide up about 1,500 spots into just inside 12K, so moving in the right direction, and, and fingers crossed I can keep going that way throughout the buyers and, and keep putting more of a gap on you, Dossie boy. Yep, I've already been scoping out my local bottle to see what sort of cartons of uh, trash I can get you, because we didn't exactly um you know define what sort of carton we're going to have to get each other so i might just have to find the most rancid type of thing i can uh, find the old ton middies yeah the, t- <laughs> the ton middies might oh. get a crack but uh yeah it's not looking too good for me harmy how are you mate are you enjoying a few ton middies on the weekend uh yeah i'm well thanks buzz no uh no no ton middies but i did actually put away <laughs> a few went to melbourne and um saw a couple oh. of bit of footy and uh Lived it up before catching the 6am flight home for my daughter's birthday. So that was a bit rough <laughs> on Sunday. But I uh, had a good weekend and, um, well, what's my score? Let's have a look. I put up a 1943. So I'm Ooh, hoping like this is going to be close to putting another 100 points on you, mate. Um, and that brought my, must have been okay because it brought my rank in a bit to um, 5494. So just came in a bit over 1,000 spots on the weekend. Now, we, we heard from the group chat, of course, that you missed one of the games that you'd planned to get due to a bit of a delayed flight over. But what games did you catch and what was uh, what was a couple of observations you had from the weekend? We'll talk about it more maybe perhaps in the show, but um, anything you want to, you know, talk about from the games you did get to see? Uh, well, probably not the best um, choice. I was a bit of a passenger on this one. Um, I didn't organise it, but they picked a bit of ordinary one going over on the bye. We watched um, the Saturday game, the rort of uh, Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne at the pub. Then we went and watched the Cats and Western Bulldogs, which is a really good game, actually. That was mm. um, that was nice to be at, watching uh, how they went about it. But I, before, I was walking to the game in amongst the crowd, and I was still tossing up who to VC, Dawson or um, Tom Stewart or... 
English, and I sort of and I was like, ah, oh, geez. Anyway, I ended up going with Dawson, and what did he get? One twenty-eight, I think. So I was pretty happy with that. But um, yeah, I thought, oh, going to the game, I should really VC one of the guys that I'm watching. But anyway, if I went English, I would have been laughing. But it all worked out okay with Dawson in the end. Love that for you. And uh, for my just a little bit of an update. I think I think I was going okay this week. Another one of those weeks where you think you're going all right and you're just about par, but uh, 18.38 for me. Par, I mean, of course, for the people where I'm ranked about that 20K. So, went from rank 24,453 into a respectable 23,119 following that. But let's get to the positives of the round with our Lux. You know the Lux is mine from the start. Start with you, Louis, who earned your lux this week. Oh, I'll have to give it to Zach Merritt on debut with the 155 to bring it home on the Sunday afternoon. Uh, and it was made even better by chucking the C on him as well. So, shout out to Rory Laird for the 81 because uh, probably wouldn't have taken that on um, had he gone 110 plus. So, uh, yeah, 155 it brings my two-week captaincy average to about 159. So, that's a nice little get over the last fortnight. Yeah, that's going to help you rise the ranks. Holmesy, what about you? Your Lux? Yeah, Dossie, and I was nervous with this one. I never really like to bring in players that you're bringing in as well because we know the Dossie curse is absolutely real. So I have penciled him out oh, for yeah. a trade in the next couple of weeks when it <laughs> no doubt goes to shit. But Kieran Briggs, uh, 117 as a bit of a cash grab from Sean Darcy. Um, I was a little bit annoyed because I had Darcy Cameron penciled in for most of the, most of the round and, and he went 109. So I thought... Yeah, maybe missed that one there, but yeah, Kieran Briggs 117 and, and he has absolutely just taken that number one ruck mantle at JWS by storm and fingers crossed a couple of weeks he can get up over 700k and I can find a way to get him to English, but yeah, can't be upset with that on debut. Yeah, kick the winning goal, just looks to have taken the mantle as that number one big dog at GWS. Yeah, a bit of unknowns about Prusy. We think he's, he's still out for a long time, but I mean, he just looks yeah amazing in that role. So, he's been a great pickup and still a bargain price and we'll talk about him more during the show. Harmy, your Lux. Look, I may as well go with the trend uh, and give it to somebody that I traded in. That's Ben Keys. He uh, killed it for me. So, I've sort of been picking the um, people that I've been nominating in the Fossils 5 and I was pretty happy uh, with what he did. So, hey, welcome to the team. Now, you've stitched me up here because I, uh, I had both one of Briggsy or, um, or Keys as my, as my number one. I'm going to have a look at who else performed well for old Dossie here, which wasn't too many. Let's have a look. Um, oh, I mean, I could just give it to... Let's give it to Chera again. 111. Um, unfortunately, didn't take that as my VC score, which then also leads us to our sucks. <laughs> All right. Want me to kick it off, Dossie? No, I think just that segue, mate. Oh, I think I'll here? have to kick it off. <laughs> I think I'll have to kick it off. So Long pause, mate. Look, I could have always, um, I could have always almost gone to that, uh, our favourite segment of who said this for this, this bit, um, <laughs> but I don't have the records on me off the top of the noggin. But look, we went to the group chat to find out who thought I should take my 111 VC. And there was only one man that really came in with the wise words. And that was Harmy. You said I should take that 111. Would you have done that yourself, do you think, if you had uh, Rory? Laird as your backup? Uh, yeah, I would have taken the 111. Yep. Okay, well, hindsight is key. <laughs> That's why I yes, said to you, take the 111. <laughs> 
Yep. Okay. Well, anyway, pretty disappointed. And, and Rory Laird's my sucks for the week. 81 in what I thought was going to be an awesome matchup. Obviously, there has been some down scores at Darwin, but I thought in the sort of soppy, gross, humid conditions that he, as a tackling beast, would at least be able to lay his his standard 8 to 10 plus. So, the last month before that, he'd gone 14 tackles, 9, 10, and 16. He's come in and laid five tackles in Darwin, low time on ground, surprisingly for Laird, and just did not look um, did not look up to it for the day. So eighty one points, and he's my sucks, along with plenty of other coaches. But unfortunately, he was wearing the C for me. Yes, Louis, take it away, mate. Yeah, my my sucks has got to go to Jack Zebel. He's been a super good player since bringing him in in round four or five or whatever it was. But um, seventy three through the buys hurts, and he junked very late to get that. Probably looking at sort of mid fifties before he. Did a bit of late stuff. So, uh, yeah, Jack Zebel thoroughly deserved and might even get the trade out this week with the heavy round 15 buy Just on that, Louis, you said you watched most of the games. Did you see him in that last quarter? Those two out on the fools that he kicked and, man, he just had an absolute nightmare of a, of a game and, yeah, definitely should be on the trade block, I think. Yeah, yeah, had a shock. I don't think he'll ever be dropped and I think... You know, he, he can bounce back next week and continue on his sort of 90, 95 way. But um, I, I don't think he's going to be top six. And I think there's some other players that you can sort of get a big 10-point upgrade on him. So, time to go. Holmesy, for you, mate. Who was your, who let you down this week? Yeah, I was going to give mine to Rory Laird as well, Doss, after, you know, feeling sick for most of the season with coaches getting, you know, some pretty big scores from Laird. And, but I'll go, I'll go Will Day, um, 70 um, not really what we needed from him at this point of the year. And, you know, he's he's had a few of these and he's backed them up with a ton. So I'm not necessarily worried. But, you know, if he goes another couple of low scores, maybe he's someone that we need to, to look at to get up to a genuine premium at some point. Because, yeah, as a as a player in our back line, 70 is not really going to cut it at this time of the year. Harmy, do you have a different player to discuss? Yeah, I can throw a different one out there for you, mate. Louis unhappy with a 73-point scoring North Melbourne backman, and I'll I'll go one up on you there with a 64-point scoring backman, who is behind two 36-year-olds um, at the moment as a first-year player, and that's Harry Sheasel. So, geez, watching what he's doing, um, I'm a bit concerned. And with with a few around 15 uh, buy players, I'm tempted to offload him this week. Yeah, I think we're going to have to chat about that a little bit more because it's yeah, it's a, a complex discussion, but a, seemingly a role change for Sheasel. Obviously, a rookie, he's performed amazingly for us, but yeah, at this time of year, we, we really need them to be pumping out scores. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Let's first recap a little bit of um, the leagues around, and that's the Content Creators Cup to start with. Just a quick recap here. Let's look at some of the matchups for the week. Dossie went down to Mitchman over at Ball Boys. There was another Ball Boys matchup with Holmesy. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, also going down to the the Ox shorts there um, by 20 points. So, even with the 1,900, couldn't quite get the dubs. Louis, on the other hand, also went down to uh, to Guesty there, who's still pumping out some massive scores. So, not a great week for the Pod Pod and Stato going down to uh, Nath at Hat Chat. So, really poor week from, from the Pod Pod in terms of getting the dubs in that league. We're going to have to bounce back strongly in the second week of the buys. 
Um, speaking of bias, Harmy, of course, not in the Content Creators Cup yet again. I didn't um, lose that. Did I, he didn't, didn't lose. <laughs> Would have gone all right this week too with that score of yours. Um, now, look, we had some more Listener League results, of course. Listeners representing members of the podcast this year as part of our Pod Pod Listener League. The lucky entrance there representing Team Louie, Team Holmesy, Stato, Harmy and Dossie there. Now, Thanks to Matty Sterling, although I don't know if I want to thank him too much for posting this particular stat out this week, but um, he's got a Pod Pod Listener League number of teams currently sitting in the top eight of the ladder as of the end of round 12. Now, Team Louie's got four teams in the top eight at the moment. Holmesy, he's got three teams in there, so it doesn't leave too many left for the rest of us. Stato the one, and of course, Harmy. And Dossie with the zero teams there. So thanks very much, Maddie, for posting out those on Twitter and letting us know ah, the uh, the troubles ahead that we have for the boys. Uh, now in the Pod Pod Challenge, which Stato obviously being away, I'll just keep you up to date with that. We've got three coaches inside the top ten in the Pod Pod Challenge, which is our open listener league. Look, you can still jump in there. It's open all season long. You just Go to that league, um, enter a league code, and then it's basically you just type in the Pod Pod Challenge and you'll find it in there. I think Stato's got some messaging around beating DOS as well. So, leading the charge there is the Dumpling Eaters. Jared, he's ranked sixth overall. Let's go, Jared. And we've got Love at First Lance. Yeah, sixth overall. Love at First Lance. Jono, seventh. And Bindi's Blues, Matt, he is rounding out the top 10. Now, there's plenty of other coaches. In fact, the top 10 in that league are all inside the top 50. So, far out. There's some bloody good coaches listening along despite uh, some of the coaches on here not doing so good this year. But uh, you guys are killing it, so keep up the awesome work. Hot topics. Hot, hot, hot topics this week. Now, there's not a heap, but I probably just thought I'd mention inside our hot topics that we're going to be chatting about the round 12 buys and we're going to be giving our top three targets from each of those teams and talking about all the guys coming off that round 12 buy. But just in terms of what you need to know, this is obviously for overall rank. So, if you've got your buys um, during this time and you're actually, you know, going along with the league buys and your league doesn't play, you're only caring about your league wins and stuff, then strategy is a bit different. Would you agree with that, lads, in terms of you might be able to jump on some of these players on their round 14 buys and stuff like that if, you, if you're just playing for league pride there, Holmesy? Yeah, absolutely, Doss. That's a that's a fantastic point. Uh, the, the strategies that we talk about for the buy rounds in terms of only bringing in players coming off their buy, um, as a general rule of thumb, that's purely just for overall rank and trying to maximise your players on field throughout the buy rounds. But if you're playing for league and, and potentially you don't even have matchups during during the buy rounds, then yeah, absolutely. Just get the best players at the best prices and, and try and set your team up as best you can for um, coming out of the buys at round 16 when um, you'll be getting to the pointy end of your league matchups. Yeah, and for the rest of us, if we are just pushing for overall rank, even if you're like us, heading down in those uh, 10K, wherever you are, 20K, and you still want to just push over the buys, yeah, maximize your points on field by getting those round 12 guys that we're going to look at in the show today. I also want to talk about another hot, hot topic, uh, new coaches. We probably failed to mention it the last couple of weeks just in terms of the impact or any role changes that have happened. I might just throw it firstly to you, Harmy, to discuss... 
North Melbourne, and you know they've got the interim situation there with Brett Ratton, but they've also had a couple of injuries to deal with, and we've seen you know a few magnets kind of thrown around, including like you just mentioned before, Harry Sheasel playing a bit more of a forward midfield role that's kind of affecting his fantasy game. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit hard to um, to judge Rats at the moment because they've been a little bit all over the place, um, and yeah, I mean those injuries. What have we had? Um, Greenwood. Uh, Simpkin, LDU's been out. Um, so, yeah, battled away on the weekend, didn't they? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, bringing in Greenwood and plugging him in the middle, having both Aaron Hall and Zeeble down back, I kind of feel like he is trying to get them to have some success rather than just just um, playing the kids flat stick. Um, so, yeah, um, maybe they'll be trying to be more competitive and, you know, you might get a Cunnington coming this week over... Um, say playing a uh, George Wardlaw ninety percent CBAs or something like that, but that that's my only observations so far, Buzz. And Lou, just speaking because this was something just completely missed off the kind of show doc, and that's my bad, boys. But um, on the the Richmond front last week, they changed their coach. I think the very first week. Um, that he came in, people were sort of buzzing about, you know, Marlon Pickett, obviously not from a fantasy perspective, but he went straight into the inside and was playing quite a bit on that inside role, maybe even putting on some pressure. But Lou, do you reckon there's anything kind of from a fantasy perspective that can really excite us from Richmond in terms of role changes, or is that just one we have to keep our eye on as well? Uh, Early days, Doss, so we do have to keep our eye on it. But uh, I did see Jaden Short... Not a tender centre bounce on the weekend. He was back in his defensive role and we um, saw Liam Baker, who's probably been floating a little bit of everywhere um, this year, play a little bit more offensive too. So that would be the main one at the moment. Uh, We do seem to think that uh, Baker sort of holds the key to um, the scoring potential. Uh, But yeah, we'll we'll just have to see how that lays with um, Jaden Short. Yeah, and obviously this time of year, just role change is so critical. We see them happen year in, year out around this time when when things are going differently or or a coaching change happens or something weird's happening. These are often just the the boom or bust picks that we see, um, you know, can really get you across the line in fantasy. But last hot topic, we've already touched on it. What when is the right time to go for these fattened rookies or even these mid prices? We've touched on a couple, Sheasel and Day. Um, I just want to, you know, a bit of a discussion here on maybe some other names if we can think of them. But what's the, when's the right time to go, Holmesy? And have you got a thought in your mind on, on some of these players here? Yeah, Dossy, I think Sheasel's the interesting one because he is that round 15 buy player. And we know that we're all pretty much struggling for getting players, especially in our forward line, on field um, in round 15. So if you can go on him early this week, and jump ahead there and, and try and fix your structure leading into round 15, then I think that's genuinely a play. And it's such a tough one because this is the type of move that burnt me last year, trading out of Nick Dacos early, and, and he managed to you know put up numbers close enough to the top six in defense for the rest of the year. And he was a player that we really could hold. But with Shizu, I I'm a little bit worried with this forward mid split. We haven't seen him, I think it's one ton in, in the last five weeks now. And He's got a break-even of 117, so he's at a really nice price now where you can get up to um, you know, a genuine top mid with, with not a lot of cash. But if we if we wait until he's on his buy to trade him off and you know, say he goes back-to-back 80s, he's still going to drop 50 to 60K 
um, with that 60 um, in his price. So it, it makes it tough trying to get him up from 700K rather than the 770 that he's at now. But Harmy, you're waving your hand at me. You've got different thoughts. Oh, look, I was just going to agree with you, mate, and, and I'm doing it. Like, um, I think I sort of said last week I was in two minds about how to approach a trade period, but what I did last week was I went Ashcroft up to Neil. So um, took the upgrade when I could, and I think this week I'm likely to do a similar thing where I'll go Sheasel up to, say, a um, Jack Sinclair type because I can get the upgrade now and I'm just going to take it while I can and, and I, f- I feel that they are both upgrades um, and I feel that they're not going to be 100-point um, players going forward and they're both priced over 90. So, um, yeah, that's what I've decided to do, mate. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much the the hot topics that I I had to cover off here. But I do want to go to our one of our more popular segments there, the the observation roundtable. That's not based on any data as well. That's just my uh, my popular segment. I, I like it, so we'll keep we'll keep it going. Who's got an observation or discussion that they want to bring, Holmesy? You've got something to kick us off. Yeah, and we were talking pre pod, so. The, the big strategy, and we touched on it just before, is that we really want to bring in round 12 buy players, so players coming off their buy this week, so we can maximise um, how many players we have on field this week and next week and then going into round 15. But I kind of want to throw this one to Harmy. I know you got him last week, so you don't have to worry about this, but someone like a Ben Keys, who we've seen this role as being real now, we know he's a gun fantasy scorer in the past in this role, Knowing that he could be a top six forward if he continues in this role moving forward, even if he has a buy next week, is he someone that we can jump to this week knowing that if we do wait and he goes up another 60K, um, yes, it's not the end of the world, but we're, we're paying a, an extra 60K when in a year when cash gen is tight. So if your buy structure allows it, will you tick off going to a Ben Keys this week? Holmesy, you need to pay a bit more attention to the Fossils 5, my friend, because he was definitely in there. Um, I'd do it. Like if your if your buy structure is going to allow you bringing in a round fourteen mid or forward, probably a forward because I think we're all a little bit short on them, um, which is one of the reasons that why I went for him. Um, I'm okay with it. Six hundred and twenty thousand he is, but he's still two hundred and forty thousand down on his starting price. That's two weeks in a row over seventy percent CBAs. Like. I think the role is there. We we know the guy has a high scoring potential and ceiling, um, and I'm probably fairly comfortable if you said to me that you were going to go for it this week. I probably wouldn't wait. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it is definitely a strategy that I'm trying to go with this year. I know in the past we've been trying to you know get as many players on field as we possibly can to try and get up to that 20, 21, 22, but... A lot of it's been these rookie scores that just end up dropping off anyway. So I've been trying to get like a really solid 18, 19 um, full of scores and, and not necessarily worrying about, you know, these um, lower rookies that are probably going to drop off anyway. So it's definitely something I'm looking at and, you know, maybe just getting a 19 next week um, with Keys, you know, being on his buy and, and not necessarily worrying too much. I, I don't know. Do you see it the same way, Louis? Yeah, I'm big on keys, mate. I think he's um, a massive play through the buys if you're heavy on round 15. And him being the round 14 buy, uh, if you're able to accommodate that, then I think um, it's a massive play. you got West Coast this week with a 25 break even. 
Um, I'm thinking that the mid-roll is going to continue irregardless of whether or not there's a tagging role to be done just because uh, Adelaide would want to be making the finals this year and they're going to have to put their mature players and some of the bigger dogs that can get it done into the midfield and um, over the next couple of weeks just to see if they can solidify that final spot. So I won't be surprised if Keys is in there for the rest of the year as a mature head and uh, if that's the case, then potentially we've got a top six forward on our hands. And I just want to say, uh, Holmesy as well, that was pretty much uh, – this probably shows where you're at, mate. Uh, that was pretty much what I was going to bring to the roundtable discussion as well. So, you know, we're on the same wavelength, you and I. Uh, All right, boys, Holmesy, abandon it. If Dossie's thinking it, we can't do it. So, we're going to have to find a new strategy. I will just say one thing though, during the buy period um, and like coming out of the buys, I'm I'm really trying to chase the um, higher priced players, the discounted premiums and the top end guys. So it's not the sort of player I typically go for, but I just think he presents a lot of value and um, yeah, I'd, I'd tick it off if you did go there. But I think now the way I've set up my team, I'm sort of trying to chase the guys I think are going to be top eight. Um, I just want to extend that because it was a question from the listeners uh, as well. Just on the, on that same you know front, let's talk about just the ruck situation. Now it's it's probably just for a few handful of coaches out there. But say you say you're rolling with a Jared Witz because he is ten percent owned there by coaches. Would the same apply for a guy who we've only seen it from a, a small sample size? But Kieran Briggs, we've mentioned him at the top of the show, or even maybe a Darcy Cameron if you don't have him. But you know Briggs. From a Wits or, or someone else potentially, that's like 160k. Holmesy, does this play the same sort of thing? Could you, you know, is Briggsy still worth jumping on, even though he's got the round 15 buy as well here? Yeah, look, I would absolutely tick that off, and that's mainly because it's very clear that the two ruckmen that coaches want to have in their sides at, at the end of the buys or just after the buys is English and. Marshall. Okay. So in a year that we need to be making cash gen in different kind of ways with the rookies not really getting it done, knowing that we don't want wits towards the end of the buys, if your buy structure can hold it, I would absolutely tick off going wits down to Briggs and hope that, you know, that 160K that you're making can also be made on the other end with Briggs potentially getting up over 700, 750K. And there's some money that you've made to hopefully be able to get up to. Um, English or Marshall, uh, whichever one you've missed. So I would look at it. However, I'd, I would definitely not be looking at trading one of those guys out to go down to Briggs. It's only if you've got one of those Ruckman that you don't see as being the top two um, for the remainder of the year. Yeah, and with the lack of rookies that we've got, that's the sort of creative things that we need to be coming up with just to generate that cash, uh, not only to use it, but to keep it sort of ticking along across the next couple of weeks. And I was just going to add into that there, Holmesy, for the same reason, I think, uh, two blokes that we discussed before, a Zeebo and a Sheasel, can be done with the same thing. So whether or not you take them down to a, a Darcy Cameron or you know a, a Ben Keys, Hugh Greenwood, I know he got injured, but last week would have been a good example. It's just ways of finding you know, 200, 250K um, where you can use it elsewhere in your team and get, on one hand, sort of comparable points, but on the other hand, trying to find that upgrade on somebody else like a, a Rory Atkins or a Fiorini or somebody that you can get up to that uber premium. I think it's only going to be a play if you don't have uh, Marshall and um, English. Right, because you can, you're not going to trade. You're not going to trade Marshall to him. He's coming off his buy. He's going to help you over the next few weeks, and 
um, Tim English just scored a, over 150. I mean, you can't ditch him really, can you? So it's only really if you've got one of those second-rate ruckmen um, that you would look at doing the downgrade. So, so Harmy, you'd say someone that maybe had a Gorn might consider doing that? I think you could look at it. What's it when's, when's his buy? Around 15 as well, same as English He's and got same 14. as Briggs. Just, just there might be one listener out there that's uh, that's keen to know yeah. your thoughts on that one, Harmy. All right, well, uh, yeah, well, he didn't get anyone... DPP, did he? So no, maybe. he didn't. Did you guys? Hang else on, got any did you guys hear that if the if the DPPs were one round later, Gorn would have got it? Did you hear that? Like if if the DPPs <laughs> were coming out this round, <laughs> that's just we love you, Stato. Oh, Please come that's back soon. Thank God it didn't. Yeah, we do need Stato back. <laughs> Wishing him all the well on his uh, on his travels. So. Any other roundtable discussions or are we going to move on, boys? Time to move on. Let's get into our round 12 targets. So the way that we're going to do this, and we'll see how this goes and, and whether it's a thing we continue to do throughout the buys, but we're just going to give our top three targets for each of the buy rounds and then we'll just discuss any others as well. But basically, it's our little fossils three for each of the buy rounds. Um, as we said off the top, this is if you're chasing overall rank. So you want to be bringing in players coming off that buy. There's only four teams. This round coming off their round 12 buy, that's Fremantle, St. Kilda, Sydney, and Brisbane. Put myself last because I feel like Brisbane's a bit of a boring one. So we'll start with Fremantle. And Holmesy, you're going to take us through your top three targets and then we'll discuss any other options. Yeah, so the first one, and I just had a look on the uh, fantasy Twitter just gone and he currently is, I think, the number one or the number two most traded in player and for, for very good reason. So Andy Brayshaw, 983K, so he's definitely not cheap. Um, but as Harmy mentioned before, this is the time of year where you really want to be going up to the Uber big dogs to have the, the maximum scorers that you can have for the rest of the year. And there's no doubt in that role that if all, if all things go right and he stays healthy, Andy Brayshaw should be a top four midfielder. So priced at 117, um, comes up against Richmond at home this week. So there's a ceiling game there to be had. So he's an absolute ripper of a target to consider um, this week. So we don't really need to go into that one in too much detail. But the one I really want to talk about is Hayden Young. So Hayden Young started the season not like we thought he would. Um, and then he's come good recently. I think he's had three or four tons in his last five games. Don't quote me on that, but it's something similar. So he's priced at 95 um, at a price tag of 798K. So Harmy, my question to you is, do we see him as basically is what he is? He's a 95 averaging player. And if he is, he's probably not going to be a top six defender. But do you see him as value and someone who could, you know, maybe slide into that six defender and, and someone we could hold for the rest of the year? No, I don't think he's value. Um, so he's priced at 800 grand. He's had a pretty good run coming into the buys, but he's also played some weeks where he hasn't been a standout as well. I'd be a little bit concerned. I, I don't think you're really going to get an extra 10 points out of him or anything like that. I'm actually looking at people in this price bracket at the moment, and I'm preferring to look at somebody who's um, done it more often and over a longer period and that's either Jack Sinclair or Jake Lloyd at this point yep yeah my thoughts exactly I just yeah he has been good he's come into form and we've we've thought he might have potential to be that 100 averaging player but you're right I think with Luke Ryan back there as well there might always be that competition for ball and for him to have a ton it's going to take a, a really good game for him so yeah one to monitor coming off his bye but 
uh, by no means a guaranteed top six defender. The other one I'll throw in is Caleb Sarong, 922K, priced at 110. I think that definitely is what he is. I think it's going to take something pretty special for him to average 110 plus from here, um, knowing what Brayshaw can potentially do as well. And there was talk today that Sarong is battling a bit of an ankle injury as well. So probably not someone I'd be looking to, to target this week. I think... Um, you know, you're not really going to get too much value from him and there's questions about whether he's going to be in the top eight mids, but um, I can't really knock what he's done this season. He's been an absolute uh, smash starting pick, so well done to any coaches that got on him early throughout the season. One more, I know it's only three, but Nat Fife priced at 450-ish K. I think it's a price tag of 53. We haven't seen it for a full game yet, so he's still got a break even of 79, so there's no need to jump just yet. But uh, with that midfield rotation, um, him building his game loads up and what we know Fife's done in the past, um, there's every chance that he could maybe average 80 to 85 once he's fully fit and healthy. And and that's another forward line player that we can play on ground in round 15 when we're struggling for options. So Nat Fife's just one to monitor as well. Um. I'll just throw it to the group in a second of, of any other kind of players. But one one I do want to touch on is, um, look, Luke Jackson, with, with the absence of uh, Sean Darcy, I, I don't know if there's too much clarity around how quickly he's going to return. I don't think it was too serious a hamstring, so he might be – you'd probably know more of the Perth newspapers over there, mate. Yeah, so it came out today that they're hoping that he'll be back for round 14, which is next week. So um, I think that's probably not someone we look to do, knowing that Sean Darcy's on the horizon, but – Coaches have done it before. We know he can score in that role, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's a bit of a sugar hit this week, but he is coming up against Nankervis, who's not the easiest ruck to score against, although Briggs went pretty big on the weekend. Yeah, I don't even know if I said his name. Luke, oh, did I say? Yeah, Luke Jackson, anyway, was who we were talking about. I don't know if I actually mentioned him. I just went straight on to Sean Darcy. So, yeah, Luke Jackson coming off that big ton against a really tough matchup too. So, uh, he was one I was looking at it around that 700K to be a sort of stepping stone and, uh, I don't know, maybe a really unique awesome pick but Holmesy's not keen anyone, anyone else you've got your eye on Harmy yeah um, can we just go back a step to Nat Fife so having a look at it I reckon he's going to make money over the next few weeks but what are you guys thoughts on that um, yeah what do you reckon Lou have you looked at him like I've looked at him because he's affordable you can go a rookie down to him make 50 grand um, which could help you on the upside on something else but your thoughts like I've, I've actually thought about it and I've reached a position now but what do you reckon so the thing is what are we bringing in like is he playing pure forward is he playing a mix of both I doubt he's going to be pure midfield uh, could he be sub could he be subbed out could he get injured history suggests probably will uh is that a great price but I, I think this is one that i'd be happy to just let go through to the keeper and um those that pick him and if it is a good pick uh good on them and honestly if he does end up popping i think he's at a price cheap enough where if it is real you can afford to jump on over the next couple of weeks too with his buy having um been played yeah, and the other thing about that lou is that it could be a little bit of false economy this week with uh jager o'meara being out with suspension so he might have a a greater role in the midfield this week with that out and who knows how that plays um, moving forward. So maybe it's a buy play. Maybe um, in round 15, you, you do a downgrade and an upgrade and you've just got a little bit of cash left over that maybe on that third trade, you can get one of your bench rookies to, to Nat Fife and he's someone that you can make a little bit of cash off. But yeah, I, I still want to see it for a full game first to know that he's 100% back fit and firing. 
And that's where I got to as well, guys. Like, I think there's too many risks associated with bringing him in and we're better off going um, down to somebody who, at a cheaper price who will get a similar output and somebody like Matt Johnson, I reckon. Yeah, sorry, that's one I did forget to mention. So, Matt Johnson, I think, yeah, I is a, a fantastic option this week is that um, inflated rookie with good job security that, um, you know, Louis's been harping on it about, the, the Dylan Williams type that has a good role in the team and, and he's not really at a risk of getting dropped at the moment anyway. So, yeah, Matt Johnson's a, a fantastic target this week if you can still use the money on the other end to, to get up to a, a good upgrade. 349K with a 14 break even. Yeah, he's certainly on my uh, watch list as one to trade in this week. Let's get on to the next team on the round, coming off the round 12 by St. Kilda. Harmy, who have you got for us as your top three? Okay, thanks, mate. Yeah, the I'll just say that the, the two St. Kilda players that I have got are Ra Marshall and Max Heath. So Heath hasn't lined up just yet, but he's looking dangerous in the VFL. Um, let's look. I tell you that I am looking at a couple this week, so I'll talk about them. But the number one that I am keen to trade in is still Jack Steele. I feel like there is quite a bit of upside with him. Um, he's priced at 851000 at the moment, so he's 127000 down for the year so far. So, like, you're paying 15 points, averaging points below what you did at the start of the year. Um, he's, so he's priced at one hundred and one, and I think that he's, a, he's better than that. He's had a lot of injury risk so far. Um, he's just had two weeks rest. So what I'm planning on doing at the moment is waiting this week and having a look at him and then looking at bringing him in next week. But anyway, he's he's my number one Saints player. Number two is Jack Sinclair. So I mentioned earlier, I just feel like he's in a decent enough price bracket that you're going to get at least what you pay for with him and he has um, the potential to pump out some big scores. I think it was two weeks ago, he got like a 140 or something. So he he knows how to score when he's in the right role. Um, I'm certainly having a look at him at the moment. He's in my trade plans, but that could change. And then number three, I think it's just because... <clears throat> everybody should be aiming for English and Marshall. So if you don't have Marshall, he is who you should be trying to get to. The reason I've got him at number three, however, is that he's now priced at 112. So everybody that started with him um, has got a fair price increase over the course of the season so far. And look, he may be 115 from here on in, and it's not a lot of points. So it depends on how you want to use your money, um, and that's and that's why I have him at number three on the list. Just on Jack Sinclair as well, given Hunter Clark now out for, I think it's upwards of, it's like six weeks. It's a, it's a long-term injury for Hunter Clark, unfortunately, another um, injury for him to add to the list. But Jack Sinclair moving inside, I just want to flag like, not a flag, but I just want to discuss, is, are you guys less excited with the fact that he probably plays more inside? Because we, we often just see, like, I, I feel like he plays better on a half back, but. Yeah, yeah but, I'm, no, but will he? I'm not like, a sold on this you, one. You look at it, he- Sorry, Harmy. I'm just I'm not a sold on this one. I think last year was one of those years where everything seemed to go through him in the back line. And there's uh, Wangley, uh, sorry, Wanganine Miller, who's now taken a distributing role off half back. So there's no need to go through him as much as they were last year. And 
him going inside, you, you're still competing for ball with Steele, who you know should should hopefully come back a little bit more fit and healthy. Uh, Brad Crouch, those type of players. So I think Sinclair might just be around what he is. Um, I'm not sure. I know you're quite big on him, Harmy. It's just my sort of personal opinion. He had that big stealing score two weeks ago, but other than that, there's been a lot of 80s and 90s and low 100s. So yeah. He's a, he's a decent target and he has been in my plans as well, but I'm not sure we're going to get a heap of value from him. Well, you won't get a heap, but, I mean, right of reply, mate, you're not paying top dollar for him, are you? Because he's already gone down 80-odd grand for the year. So he's probably had his price drop. This is what I'm saying. You're probably going to be – he's at least what he is now, I reckon. Yeah, he's priced at 100, is he not? Or is it a little bit less than that? 98 maybe. So, yeah, you're probably you're, you're paying a fair price for him. Yeah. yeah, 99. So, yeah, if you think he's a top six defender, which let's be honest, it's pretty hard to pick that sort of fifth and sixth defender, then, yeah, definitely could be a play. And um, he's got a few good matchups coming up in his next three. So, yeah, decent pick. I'm just, yeah, a little bit reserved at the moment. That's all. Well, mate, okay, if you're going to cut out my number two pick, Holmesy, I'll put in my number four pick just to make up for that. Um, Brad Crouch, ever heard of him? <laughs> Thanks, Harmony. Priced at 96. <laughs> Love having you on the pod, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he was carrying something. Maybe he'll be the Brad Crouch of old coming off his bye. Who knows? Um, but He did come flying home last year. That's when he made his mm. bread was those last bloody five rounds of the year. He was like one of the best players in the comp, so... Yeah. Maybe hold he's him. a second hold half him, mate, specialist. No, I'm holding him now. I'm holding him now. I actually want to talk about the other player you've got written down here, and, and we might as well talk about him now because he's named on ball, given we are recording on the Wednesday night. We're lucky enough to have the St. Kilda-Sydney matchup, but Marcus Windhager, I know he's in a similar sort of price bracket to a Nat Fife, but as I mentioned before, you know, there's not – well, he's actually cheaper. He's 348K. Uh, could he be a guy we consider, again, given the, the Hunter Clark injury, who was spending quite a bit of time in that midfield as well? Yeah, and he's a mid-forward too, so he's got some versatility. He's priced at uh, 348000 And in the last as. three games in the VFL, he's got like a 120 and then a 90 and 150. So if he's playing on ball, there's potential that he does pump out a good score. He, he's got the 73 break-even. Yeah. yeah, so it's Johnson. I, honestly, this, it's Johnson this week, right? And then we we, yeah. we wait to see Windhager, and then if he looks good, then there's definitely the option to go there next week. Poor Kainalos Dossi. No. Poor Kainalos Dossi. That's what I've got to say. One up both. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll move on to the next team, unless there's any other St Kilda players to to look at. Yeah, let's get on to Sydney with you, Lou. Top three. Yep, so um, Sydney's Sydney's pretty grim, actually. In fact, um, the highest averaging player for Sydney is Jack Lloyd with 95. So um, previously a team that, what, for the last 15 years has been uh, quite relevant for us, has probably fallen out of relevance slightly. Uh, but Jack Lloyd's my number one target. He's at 806K. Uh, he's still only 29 years old. I thought he was a few, little, little bit older than that. But uh, last three, 95. Last five, 99. This guy's ultra consistent. He's the sort of guy that'll give you, you know, 23 95s rather than the massive ceiling scores that we saw uh, a couple of years ago. I think he is coming into his uh, prime from a fantasy 
perspective for this year and I think um, at that price tag, uh, he presents a lot of value in a line where there's probably um, 10 to 12 blokes who could uh, put up decent cases to be in that top sort of defender list. Has St Kilda this week too, Louis, so uh, ultimate, ultimate sugar this week. I have that yeah. in my notes. Yeah, that could be a big one. And also, he also on the run coming up, he has um, West Coast and the Bulldogs and Richmond. Yep, yep. And, he, and he's got uh, three or four to finish the year, which are pretty impressive as well. So, uh, Jake Lloyd, I don't think he's going to be one to burn you. If he helps you off your buy around, then he's got to be a good pick. Another one who has helped us off our buy round before is Isaac Heaney. In fact, I think it was last year he was about 400, 500K and uh, some coaches traded him in. He popped for a little bit. He ended up being a little bit disappointing, but this is why it's a buy round play. He's 680K, which is unders for Isaac Heaney. He's only averaging 77 for the year. Uh, Previous scores, he's starting to find a little bit of form. He got a 91, an 86. Uh, another 96, but then probably going back too far into the past. I just think he's too good of a player to be ignored at a 77 average, and if that helps your buy structure uh, as a little bit of a pivot buy play, then I'm all for Isaac Heaney. Holmesy, you got your hand up, mate? Yeah, just on Isaac Heaney. Um, Not someone I'm advocating to bring in, but at the same time, I did watch the Sydney Carlton game that they played before their buy, and he actually had a far more predominant midfield role. So with Luke Parker out this week, um, maybe once again, a little bit of a sugar hit, maybe he has more of a midfield role knowing that they don't have Parker or Mills and and maybe he does have a bit more of a midfield role until Mills comes back and even maybe even a little bit uh, through that while Mills finds his feet. So yeah, if he's all you can get up to, I don't actually hate the play, but just know full well that you will need a plan to get off him because we know that he can have a 40 or a 50 game um, when he plays as a forward. Surely they're not. Surely, who who's going to play in the midfield for them? It's Robottom, um, Warner, and Goulden, is it? Yeah, well, yeah, Goulden's named yeah, on and ball. And they've brought in Sheldrick this week, which you would assume is just a replacement for Luke Parker. Yeah, Sheldrick, as again, team sheets mean not a lot, but he's named on a wing to start the game. But yeah, if we, do, we don't look at team sheets too seriously. But uh, Heaney, seven clearances from seven centre bounce attendances, equal most clearances in that Carlton game alongside Luke Parker, to your point there, Holmesy. I wonder what his splits were for the game. So he actually looks like he sort of had an even split across the game, playing a little bit of midfield across, yeah, pretty much every quarter. Looks like he, he attended a centre bounce, particularly in the second half, those when he had five of his seven. So definitely, yeah, maybe you're right. Role, maybe, maybe it's Heaney and Papley just chopping out for one spot. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll move on to Brisbane unless there's any other glaring players. I mean, is Sheldrick you mentioned? I just want to say, Sheldrick. can I just oh, bring up one thing just as a bit of a selfish non-owner? Just tell me that I can't bring in Errol Goulden this week priced at one fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, tell me I can't do it. No, I think I think you can. I think you can. I think we've seen this year that Goulden can go one fifteen pretty comfortably. It's going to be a top six forward. Majority of the competition probably own him. Certainly started him. Are VCing um, him? I think he's VCing him, and that's another <laughs> thing as well, isn't it? He's getting those VCs and Cs where he might be able to pop one for you. So, no, I think Gilden's got to be a massive target. Uh, interestingly enough, though, just on that, Windhager named, he has done 
tagging roles in the past, could that be something if, you know, if Holmes is, you know, he's a butthurt non-owner, do you really want to bring him in if there's that ever so slight, slight chance that he gets a tag this week? Ch- Chad Warner's in great form. He, he's last three, 108, last five, 108, um, probably one of their more influential players as well alongside Goulden. So, maybe flip a coin for the tag target, but uh, he's another Sydney Swan that might be relevant for us. All right, I'll go through Brisbane now. I don't think there's a stack. I mean, there's a few here that people are interested in. So, I, I honestly think, number one, who I'm going to exclude because he's 70% owned, I still think Josh Dunkley. Obviously, if you don't own him, if you are one of those 30%, you know, he's a guy who's who's gone 170 this year. He He's just an absolute beast. I'm going to exclude him. He's still my number one. But as the official number one here, I'm just going to put Lockie Neal. Um Look, he's done it in the past. We've actually seen a bit of an uptick in Brisbane's fantasy game in the last few. So, they've shifted their way up to 13th um, overall for fantasy points. I know for a long time there, I was talking about them right down near the bottom near 18th for fantasy scoring. So, they've at least sort of upped their output again a little bit more recently. And Lockie Neal has kind of been one of the beneficiaries in that system done it in the past, playing a predominant midfield role. They've got a, a massive matchup this week against um, the Hawks, I think, coming straight off the bye. So, he's definitely a guy that you can look at. I think, personally, there's probably – I mean, look, honestly, Jack Steele versus Lockie Neal is probably what maybe a few people are looking at, and I'd say you're going to go Jack Steele. Would you guys all agree there? Yeah, it's Jack Steele over Lockie Neal for me. Yeah, that's that's probably the tough know. thing that some people have. Yeah, I mean he's he's cheaper. The lower Lions have got even. a nice run too. They do. So that's another thing to look at. But Lockie Neal in my list. Look, I've selfishly gone uh, human cluggage at number two. Harmy oh, thoughts on, on thoughts on thoughts <laughs> on putting. Oh, mate. Uh, Who's the real number two? Look, you you said it yourself. Nice run. 747,000. He's only got the 94 break even. He had a stinker against the Crows. But if the Brisbane Lions uptick's real, I feel like Hughes a fair bit down on his potential form. Hawthorne, Sydney, Saints, and Richmond, and then West Coast. That's a nice run of five. So, look, I'm just saying if you're strapped for cash – I got stuck with having to do Brisbane. I don't think there's a stack of stuff to like here, but um, <laughs> the the problem with um McCluggage is that Dunkley, Neil, and now Ashcroft are taking his points. Correct. Yeah. I'll throw one at you, Dossie, and it's it's loose. I will admit mm-hmm. it is loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in a year that we are having to find underpriced premiums because we don't have the cash, Daniel Rich. Priced at 80. Yes, he's had the soft tissue injury, but in his last three games, 97, 88, 91, uh, we know that he's generally a 90 guy in that in that role, and they still do like um, all of the ball going through there, especially when Kitty Coleman's not playing. So um, it is loose. It is loose, but I can definitely right. see a little bit of value in Daniel Rich as a bit of a by play, yeah. considering they have Hawthorne, Sydney, St Kilda. Were you going to say right. that? Is it on the run sheet? I didn't actually. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's let's just get sheet. to my number three here. Daniel Rich, thanks for uh, laying out the case though, Holmesy. I hadn't done as much research as that. I love that from you. So, as you heard from Holmesy, that's my number three is Daniel Rich. Um, no, honestly, there was one trade scenario that I already threw up, you know, early in the week and he was basically the only player I could get to. I was trying to fill a defensive spot and you're 100% right, all those points. Um, and having still that St. Kilda matchup on deck coming up, um, 
look, while they haven't been as prominent back there with their defensive, that they're clearly playing sort of a more attacking game style and almost in that Gold Coast mode of just get it forward, I still think there is potential benefit there. So, has anyone else got any interest in Daniel Rich? And then we'll just probably move on because Kadeen Coleman's the other one that's super cheap at the moment, but I just don't think you can yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Yeah, look, if I was spelling for cash, then uh, Rich would be the one I'd go for too. He's a good price um, and he's, you know, he, he could go big too. All right, awesome. Well, that's our top targets for the week. Let's just get to some really quick uh, listener requests and we'll go through any players that haven't been discussed. All right, the first one here, Elliot Yo. Kind of mentioned Ben Keys at the top of the show as one of those um, targets. Elliot Yo looked bloody fantastic and the geez the mighty weagles were up and about i actually headed down to the footy club after um uh for this game and and look i wore the weagles jumper underneath because it wasn't that third quarter but i uh, had to keep the jumper on for the for the rest of the night harmy elliot yo though um look keen pre or post buy on on big yoey yeah, he's definitely got my attention i probably won't be going there this week with his buy coming up but i'll be having a look to see what he does Jake Lloyd, we've mentioned, so the listeners were keen to there. Ben Keyes, I think the final verdict, everyone here is keen for that as well. I want to talk about Harry Himmelberg. So, GWS, we, we kind of flagged last week. It was a, um, a friend of the show that kind of brought it up to our attention, Liam. Um, but Himmelberg, look, he's playing in that defensive role. Holmesy, any interest there? And, and uh, round 15 buys a tough one, but are you just going to keep an eye on him? Uh, definitely keeping an eye on it, Doss. Uh, the round 15 buy is definitely a turnoff. And also, no Nick Haynes in that side as well, who's been playing a very good intercept role this year for GWS. So, uh, once again, Louis, I think Louis mentioned it. It was the first game this year that Himmelberg's just played purely in defence. He hasn't been f- uh, flung around up and down the ground, but I still would like to see how he lines up in that side when they do get um, Haynes back in that side. And if he does still have that 100%. Uh, defensive role, then he's cheap and we've seen what he can do in that role. No Lockie Keefe in the team at the moment either, Dossie. Yeah. All coming. Yeah, tough one. Tough one for Lockie Keefe. I mean, Cummings, you know, you neither know here nor there, but Lockie Keefe, a key cog in that offensive uh, game style there. Um, all right. The next player that we have here, Tom wants to know from Twitter, um, is it too late for Darcy Cameron, mm-hmm. Louis? No, it shouldn't be. Um, I'm not sure what he went up this week, but um, you'd love to see a 109 on debut. I think that should give you more confidence in selecting him. All right. How about Alex Witherden? Look, West Coast has already come out and said that there's another bunch of injuries come through again. We've got uh, Liam Duggard suspended for a week and also apparently hospitalised with some sort of illness, so hopefully he's all right. But Alex Witherden, Harmy, Annie, Keenis, Herney going down with this pop in the string. We've seen him have a big impact without Hearn in the side. Yeah, I'm just not sure, mate. It's a little bit too up and down. Um I don't think I could do it myself. And again, it's a round 14 player, so it's not the right week to have a look at him. As in, as in not to bring him in, sorry. Interestingly enough, we've had a request for a player that I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, so so Joel Jeffrey, um, 444K, but he's had a role change. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any interest in him playing in that back line, Holmesy? Uh, I don't want any part of it, Doss. We've seen Gold Coast this year. They're not afraid to switch the magnets up. You get it for a couple of weeks. Um, but he could just end up being a, a Rory Atkins type that you're stuck with um, that starts bleeding cash. So, uh, no, not for me, especially with the way the Gold yeah, Coast are playing Ellis. as well. And, yeah, as Louis was about to say, Ellis coming back into the side. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Judson Clark. Somebody here, Paul, wants to know Fife versus Judson Clark. Uh, Louie, what do you think there? So I guess uh, that's probably one we didn't I'll- mention on the new coach, uh, Judson Clark, having a bit more of a role. I'd actually favour Judson Clark. He's at about 350K, isn't he? He's scored 60 on the weekend. Yeah, about 100K cheaper. Um, He's been good on that wing, great ball user, and I think the Tigers are going to want to get games into him. I think it's a testament to him actually playing under the new coach that there is some level of job security there. So he's probably a player um, that over the next couple of rounds might be pretty useful for us, though he does have the buy, is it round 14 for the Tigers or 15? Uh, They've got the 14, I reckon. Maybe that will be helpful because I think he's got the forward status. So if you're uh, a bit heavy on the round 15 forwards, that might uh, work for you. Okay, we've just got a couple more here. Taron Thomas came back, um, got a bit of a roll due to the fact that Simpkin went down early in that game with concussion. Hugh Greenwood as well going down. So he did play a bit more um, of the midfield role that we saw him explode onto the scene on a couple of years back. But Taron Thomas, round 15 bye. Uh, Harmy, any interest? Some interest. I'm not sure. Um, he'll probably get a good run in the midfield this week out of necessity because they're going to be light on. But uh, I just, I'm not sure, mate. To be honest, I, I couldn't. I don't think I'll be trading him in. We'll put it that way. All right, and and for our final one here, Louis. So. A lot of the listeners want, want an opinion. I probably gave a really basic summary and probably a bit of unders um, as to how keen people are on Lockie Neal. So a lot of people wanting to compare, say, um, a Sarong or a, or a Brayshaw and a Lockie Neal and, and the sort of money that you're going to be having without having to pay up for Brayshaw versus going a Lockie Neal. So do you want to just dive into your um, opinion of Lockie Neal a bit more? Because I did probably just skip over. I just said, you know, he's done it in the past, etc. But let's look into Lockie Neal a little bit more and, and if you could analyse him as well. Well, I mean, that's why um, everyone's looking at Lockie Neal, isn't it? It's because of what he's been able to do in the past. Um, I'm all for Lockie Neal. Uh, when you ask me the question, Steel or Neal, I have to lean towards Steel. But um, it seems that uh, Lockie Neal's fo- found a bit of form. Last three, 106. Last five, 101. He had that one out the box a couple of years ago where he went 115 plus. Generally, he's a good 105 guy, and I don't see any reason why he can't come home doing that with Brisbane being a top four side. Obviously, should get a few wins, and he's going to be the former Brownlow medalist in that mix of the midfield to get the points. At 830k, he presents fantastic value. So I think he's someone that we should be looking at and going into the fixture uh he's got st kilda twice to finish the year which really appeals to me as well as quite a few soft matchups in there like richmond eagles suns um and i'm sure a couple of those uh will move as the season goes on harmy what do you think of uh Lockie neil yeah well i had this choice to make last week um well, and it may prove to be the wrong move, but I, as I said, I went Ashcroft to um, Neil last week, and I said earlier in the podcast that I just want to see Steel for a week. Um, there was just a little bit of uncertainty about his knee and his body, so if he comes out and hits 100 and looks really good, I'll be more keen and probably bring him in the following week. But, yep, I had that choice, and that's who I went for. I just think that Neil is quite a consistent player. He has the potential to score big if he's in the right role. Yep, haven't loved what Brisbane have done so far, but they want to keep winning, 
he's their main man in the middle. Um, I think it's a solid pick. All right, well, that, that wraps up um, plenty of listener requests as well, as always. Thanks for throwing them to at PodPodAFL on Twitter. We really appreciate all your input every week from the listeners out there. And look, there's a fair few questions or, or comments at least here. Just, you know, where's Stato? Where is he? Hope the great man's all right. Look, he's fine. And we, we send our love to Stato as well. But look, everyone out there, he's he's all good. Um, he's just working really, really hard and, and he's had to um, – you know, he's now having a little bit of time off, I think, because of how flat chat he was. So, um, Stato's all good. He'll hopefully be back soon. But in the meantime, we wish uh, the Foss all the best and, and relaxing time. Hopefully, he is nailing his trades, though, because he has ghosted us on the group chat due to his uh, busy schedule. He's uh, he's cut the pod pod lads out of, his, uh, out of his life for the meantime. We do wish all the listeners the best as well and all the best for the rest of the buyers. Good luck in round 13. We'll see you next week. Bye.